It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Woo! What a night at the ballpark. We are going to be talking about this Reds-Phillies victory today here on the Locked On Reds podcast. What a performance by Nick Castellanos. We're getting into all that here in just a minute. Plus, we're going to preview this Reds-Padres series, and i got some thoughts on player comparisons. That's all coming up. Here in today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks for joining me. Let's get going. It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds. Daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me because I am excited. What a night it was last night at the ballpark for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm telling you what, that game was hilarious in the kind of two-half notion that there was really like two-thirds and one-thirds and how different the thirds really were. We're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. Before we jump into it, though, I wanted to make sure that you know how to follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs shows right there on the screen. You can also follow the show at Locked On Reds and you can get involved as well on the Locked On Reds line 513 549-0159. We'll we'll take questions, comments, reactions, and all that good stuff as we go on throughout the week. But man, they got it started off right. Most of the time when you think of Mondays, you're like, man, I hate that day. It's not a great day of the week. They just got done with the weekend. We're just starting up the work week. But the Reds slam the Phillies. That was an absolute blast to watch. With the caveat of from like the seventh inning on, because for the first six innings, the Reds were dominated. What did we talk about yesterday? We talked about the Reds' struggles with left-handed pitching, and we talked about the fact that Spencer Howard was listed as the probable starter for the Phillies, but he was most likely going to be joined at some point and kind of piggybacked with a left-handed pitcher, and that was Bailey Falter. Actually, shout out to Reds Content Plus for making that call. They were right on the money because Bailey Falter comes in and throws more pitches than he has all year long and dominates the Reds. They couldn't get anything going. They did score two runs off Spencer Howard, which was good, and it was kind of a back-and-forth game for those first six innings because the Phillies actually had a 4-2 to two lead. If you didn't watch the game, there was a point where the Reds weren't winning this one. And that's the hilarious thing whenever you look at the final score. They were down 4-2 to two going into the 7th when they just lost their minds. And it all started with the debut of Alejo Lopez. What a performance. First swing, first pitch he ever sees, first hit. I, I'm looking forward to uh, his next at bat when we're like, hey, that's the first pitch he's taken in the major leagues. I, I tell you what, the, that was a great performance by him and he was a catalyst number one he chased Bailey Falter from the game there in the bottom of the seventh inning very beginning of it and then you get the bases loaded behind him and Nick Castellanos I'm telling you what if this dude doesn't start the all-star game it is a travesty 
there's a bunch of people that get up on there and they don't know what they're doing with their votes for the all-star game because Nick Castellanos deserves to start over pretty much anybody else in the national league. He has been phenomenal. A seven RBI night. He was a triple shy of the cycle. Just absolute domination. He was able even to hit Bailey Falter in the third inning. I mean, he helped get the Reds some runs there. And actually, I think it was off Spencer Howard. Never mind. But he had a single, a double, and a homer, seven RBIs. He even scored on a wild pitch. And it's funny because there were some people that were lamenting that. They're like, man, if he doesn't score on the wild pitch, then Joey Votto's home run is a two-run home run, and he gets his 1,000th RBI. But hold up here. Joey Votto hit that home run, and it was a solo shot because he knew I was coming to the game tonight. He wants me to see that 1,000th RBI. And you can't tell. This is a Joey Votto jersey. I'm not going to turn around because I might bump my mic, and that'll be weird. But overall, amazing night for the Reds lineup. Wade Miley was good enough. It wasn't a great start for him. It was the third start of the season, which you can kind of look at this two ways. It was either the third start of the season that he gave up two earn runs or more, and you're like, well, all right, maybe he's going down. But you can also look at it as he only has three starts this season where he's allowed two earn runs or more than two earn runs. But he kept the Reds in the game, and that's what you got to do, and he pitched six innings. But probably the biggest bugaboo for him that entire night was the fact that he only had two clean innings, two one, two, three innings. He was pitching around base runners all night long, but credit to him. He still kept that Wade Miley, the focus and the speed of the game. It was, um, I, I like it when players show emotion, both good and in bad situations, because we know that they're all human beings. And whenever he was going through the struggles and he lost the lead and the Phillies were just getting runs on ridiculous hits, these weren't homers, these weren't hard hit balls. In fact, Ronald Torres for the Phillies had two RBIs. Neither hit, or one of them was a fielder's choice. Neither ball that he made contact with left the infield. He had one infield hit and one fielder's choice and two RBIs. That's what kind of night Wade Miley had for those first six innings, and that's what kind of night the Reds had. Eugenio Suarez made some pretty good defensive plays, but he had that one really bonehead mistake where it wasn't an error because you're not going to put this in the air for a mental mistake, but he picks up a ball that really, if he'd have let the ball go to Mike Freeman, Mike Freeman probably could have made a play at first, but instead he tries to be a hero, scoop it up and throw it a second. And it just doesn't work, but that's okay because the seventh inning flipped everything on its head. Nick Castellanos with the grand slam. And then they scored another four runs there in the eighth. In fact, the final score 12 to four, was actually the closest game in the Reds Philly series. Let that sink in for a minute. Game one, May 31st, the Reds won 11 to 1. Game two, the Phillies won 17 to 3. And game three, which got pushed back to yesterday, supposed to be June 2nd, was played yesterday. Uh, the Reds won by eight. So, yeah, that was the uh, tightest game of that entire series. I don't know what to make of that, but I know this it was a lot of fun. And I know that trying to ascribe a 12 to 4 victory over the rest of the week is kind of uh, foolhardy, but they have some positive momentum moving into this Padres series that is going to be pretty important. I mean, we're looking at these last six games of this homestand between the Padres and Cubs as some pretty big stuff. Love to see them go 4 and 2 because that means that they've got a 7 and 4 homestand. That would be huge. 
going into this road trip where they got to go to KC and Milwaukee and all that stuff right before the all-star break. I think it'd be a huge boon if they were able to do that. We'll have to see how that happens, though. We'll start previewing that series here in just a moment. But overall, what an amazing night. And almost forgot to mention that the bullpen pitched pretty well. You got a good outing from Josh Oshitz. You've got a good outing from Heath Hembry and a good outing um, overall for this bullpen. Just a fantastic night for the Reds. All right. Coming up here in just a minute, I want to preview this Reds Padre series that is coming up. Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know that if you are looking for a part for your car, you got to check out rockauto.com. They've been doing this for over 20 years, and when you order your part, they're going to deliver it right to your door. Check them out today. They've got amazingly low prices on all of the parts that your car will ever need, and they've got the same price tiers whether you're a professional or you're an amateur, whether you're trying to restore a classic car or you're just trying to put some new brake pads on your daily driver. Check them out today at rockauto.com. And when you're in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you. That's rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About Us area. If you're looking for brake pads, brake lights, whether you're looking for maybe some air conditioned stuff or you just need new carpet, rockauto's got it all. Check him out, rockauto.com, and tell him Locked On sent you. All right. So. The Reds now have to face some demons. I, I think they've pretty much gotten over that really dramatic, really deflating. What we can all agree on was probably the most heartbreaking loss of the season so far in San Diego, whenever they go up in the ninth and they lose it in the bottom of the ninth. Now they get their revenge. Now they have a chance to do this because here comes the Padres and the, the series is starting out rough because we, I mean, we're not going to go into this. Obviously we've talked about it ad nauseum over the last couple of days, but Blake Snell starting the game for the Padres. He's a lefty. Yeah. You're going to look at his numbers and you're going to say, well, Jeff, he's not had that great of a year. Neither did Drew Smiley and Drew Smiley shut down the Reds lineup. So this might be one of those frustrating days. And Blake Snell is definitely going to go longer into the game than Bailey Falter did. Uh, if he is pitching as good as Bailey Falter, he could go seven, eight, maybe even nine. Hopefully we're not talking about that tomorrow on the recap. Hopefully the Reds can get up on this dude who has had a rough go of it. He hasn't quite had the success that he enjoyed in Tampa Bay. And a lot of people like to attribute it to, oh, well, it's just karma and all this. I, I don't know about all that. I, I think it's weird that people want to ascribe blame for something that he did in the playoffs and, and say, well, you know, he should have just followed his manager and not gotten mad about it and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I, I, don't, I don't get it at all. Blake Snell is a very talented pitcher. I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch. I really am. And I'm looking forward to seeing this lineup again. And we saw him on TV. I want to see Tatis in person. I want to see Machado in person. And we're talking about this San Diego Padres lineup, Slam Diego, in Great American Ballpark. The second best home run ballpark in all of Major League Baseball next to Coors Field, and they're in the mountains. So, depending on what the wind is doing, I'm, I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but this could be an interesting game. We could see a lot of runs scored if Blake Snell isn't his best, and neither is Tony Santion. But that's saying that Tony Santion will be the antithesis of what he was in his last start. You remember his last start. He had eight strikeouts in six innings. 
phenomenal stuff from him as the Reds were able to get that win over the Braves. Hopefully we can see a lot more of that here today. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this here in the next segment, but this might be his last start with Sonny Gray coming back. So what does he do? I mean, I think that he can be a very valuable dude out of the bullpen, but if he can continue to show the five to six inning range and pitch really well, I mean, it looked like in his last start, he was starting to get gassed there in the middle of the fourth inning. You could kind of see with a little bit more like, and he had a lot of sweat on his head and he was just like, all right, let's go. Let's, all right, I got to reach back and grab this here, which every pitcher goes through that. I understand that, but it happened to him in the fourth. So when does that hit today against this very talented, much better than the Braves Padres lineup? And how does he tackle that? How does he work around that? I, I still believe we're talking about a dude who's got guts and I'm looking forward to see him pitch. And we're going to see probably a right-handed heavy lineup. Hopefully that means that Alejo Lopez gets his first career start tonight against the Padres. I'm not really sure how that lineup's going to look, how you would defensively align that with Alejo Lopez in there because he hadn't played shortstop. So maybe they do move Suarez to short. Uh, some people were thinking, well, they didn't start Alejo Lopez last night, so they're just avoiding Suarez at shortstop at all costs. Not really. I think they just wanted to get him acclimated. They just wanted to let him get his feet wet in the major league experience before tossing him to the fire. And that's what they're going to do tonight, I think. I haven't seen the lineup yet or anything like that. So if you put him in there, you move Suarez to short. You got your right-handed left side of the lineup. You got India at second. I know that I, I don't know how you would work this. Maybe. Uh, no, it wouldn't be him either. Uh, I don't know that you could platoon Joey Votto at this point. Even though his stats against lefties are bad, I think that you still got to roll with him because Tyler Stevenson's got to catch because Tucker Barnhart's not good against lefties either. So we'll probably see Alejo Lopez against Blake Snell tonight. And I'm looking forward to that. I, I think it's interesting. We're going to get into some player comparisons uh, later on in the show, but uh, there were people that were talking about him in the same vein as like Pete Rose and stuff like that. Give the kid a break. All right. It's one at bat. Let, let's, let's hold off on that for a little bit at least uh let the dude figure himself out in the major leagues because jonathan india has been the rookie that has really exploded onto the scene tyler stevenson has exploded as well to expect the reds to continue to hit i mean they did go through such a long period where they weren't hitting on rookies so maybe they're going to go through a period where they hit on every single one of them but more than likely alejo lopez is going to go through plenty of struggles so chillax i know it's one swing one single but give him a few more at-bats before we start making some outlandish comparisons. But I'm very excited to see what he can bring to the Reds. All right, we've got a 7-10 start tonight. Padres three-game series. Kind of weird going Tuesday through Thursday, but that's where the Reds are in this stretch of games where they're playing 34 games in 35 days, especially because that Phillies game got pushed back to yesterday. Yesterday was supposed to be an off day. But we'll see what they can do here against the Friars as they come to Great American Ballpark tonight. All right, coming up, I've got a few more thoughts. We're going to talk about Sonny Gray's return. We're going to talk about those player comparisons because I just had, it was a random group chat on Twitter that I had, and it sparked an idea. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to talk about the other favorite thing that I love talking about besides baseball, 
and that's food. And I want to tell you about the Wild Alaskan Company that brings amazing seafood right to your door. If you're like me and you love fish, I am a huge seafood guy. They've got awesome offerings. You can go to their website today, wildalaskancompany.com slash locked on or slash MLB. And you can see that you can get a whitefish box. You can get a combination box with whitefish and salmon, or they've also got great monthly special offerings as well that they rotate in and out. This is wild caught seafood that is flash frozen and sent directly to you so that you, whenever you thaw it out, you're basically thawing out fresh fish. Look, we all live, most of us, unless I'm talking to somebody that lives by the ocean. And if I am, I'm really jealous of you. But like those of us who live here in Cincinnati, fresh seafood doesn't make any sense because we don't live by the sea. Wild Alaskan Company does what they can to send you frozen fresh seafood so that when you cook it, it tastes just like you caught it. And I'm looking forward to this so much. I'm about to cook up some halibut tonight right before I head down to the ballpark. Going to be an absolutely awesome experience. I love halibut. So flaky, so good. And Wild Alaskan Company has amazing halibut. Check them out today at wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB and get $15 off your first box. That's wildalaskancompany.mlb for $15 off your next box. I love the Wild Alaskan Company and you will too. Check them out today. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Speaking of great offers on websites, check out betonline.ag today. Start making money off of your sports knowledge. And when you set up your profile, type in the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% more added to your initial deposit. That's 50 bucks on a hundred. That's 25 bucks on 50, whatever you want to bankroll. They're going to give you half as much more just for typing in locked on. And they've got great lines when it comes to daily MLB games. They've got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. And when football gets rolling on, they've got plenty to go with that too. Right now I'm thinking that there's plenty of NFL futures on there. If you want to jump into some of those, check out betonline.ag and set up your profile with the promo code locked on today. I, I, I usually like to give out some tips, but I was looking at today's slate. Not really feeling any today, but I will give you tips from time to time here on the locked on reds podcast check out betonline.ag today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on all right wanted to look at a couple of different things here to end today's podcast it was really exciting to see Sonny gray in his monday press conference announcing that he's going to be back on friday He's going to get the start in the first game of the Cubs series, which is going to be huge because the Reds really need to win that series, especially with the Cubs floundering right now. They got destroyed by the Brewers last night, and this dude here thought that he was being smart picking up Ryan Tapera for his uh, fantasy team. No, he got blown up, and so did everybody else. And the Cubs pitching staff, they lost by a lot. So with that fading, the Reds need to continue to put the pressure on them, and Sonny Gray is going to help them. He had a good rehab outing on Saturday and said he felt perfectly fine the day after, so everything is all go to bring him back to the rotation. What that means is this. We're probably going to see Tony Santion move to the bullpen. At least that's what I'm hoping because the Reds don't have a long man. They don't have a guy that if the starter just isn't feeling it, they can bring in a long man to eat up two, three, four innings. Tony Santion could definitely be that guy. That's, that's not even something that I need to see from him today. I already know that. 
if he moves to the bullpen, he brings a lot of value, the kind of value I think that we were looking at from Jeff Hoffman, who is on a rehab stint. Hopefully he will be back soon. So then the Reds will have a couple of different options there. We were also hoping for Jose De Leon with that, but De Leon's control has just, I mean, it's not been there. In fact, the fact that the Reds have brought up CNL Perez, I think it's more so the, the fact that he's a lefty, but also kind of speaks to how bad De Leon's control has really been this year. So Tony Santion could definitely fit into that role with Sonny Gray coming back up. You add Jeff Hoffman to the mix, and it's, I mean, all of a sudden you're feeling a little bit better about this bullpen. So it's very, very good. Hopefully Sonny Gray doesn't hit the IL anymore. I know he's been having a lot of random little stuff that's been keeping out for a couple of weeks here and there, and hopefully he can remain healthy for the rest of the season coming back. I'm very excited to see what he can bring to the table. And then there's one other thought that I had for today. I kind of mentioned it early on. There were some people, and I know Twitter can be interesting. But there were some people that were comparing Alejo Lopez and what they saw in one at bat and one trip around the bases to Pete Rose. I think we need to chill with uh, ascribing too many comparisons to just amazing guys. I mean, this this stems back to, and this is a cross-sport reference, but in the NFL, they had uh, the linemen who, wow, I am. Blanking on the guy's name. Coming in from Morgan. Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell was coming into the draft, and there were a lot of Bengals fans that wanted to see him picked. And there were a lot of analysts that were comparing him to Anthony Munoz. Like, dude's a Hall of Famer, probably the best offensive lineman ever. You're going to compare Panay Sewell to him. So we're going to compare Alejo Lopez to the dude who has the most hits ever in the career of any Major League Baseball player? Let's hold off a little bit, but I do have a fun thought about player comparisons because, you know, I I think every team kind of has their guy like the Reds have Pete Rose or maybe some people talk like Joe Morgan. If you're a catcher, it's Johnny Bench all day, every day. A first baseman, probably not Joey Votto since he's active right now, but there's going to be that comparison here in the next five to 10 years whenever he's not a Red. So just get ready for that. And you think about like Yankees fans, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they compare people to Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle or Joe DiMaggio or some people probably even compare him to Derek Jeter, although I think I know what most of us think about that, but we're not Yankees fans, so whatever. And, you know, Red Sox, they got their guys too. So what, um, what would be kind of funny, like when you look at player comparisons, like, you know, I don't know that I've ever heard a Pirates fan say this like compare a uh, pitcher to doc ellis but could you imagine if you had somebody like that like he might be a good pitcher but uh, let's see him pitch a no hitter on lsd then we'll talk you know stuff like that i i love that's probably the favorite thing about baseball for me when it comes to just comparing players is looking at how a guy matches up one at bat isn't really going to do that for me. I, I, I'm not going to go crazy with it. In fact, if we want to get technical, Jonathan India kind of reminds me a little bit more of Pete Rose than Alejo Lopez does. He runs hard. He plays hard. That head first slide in the home plate. Um, I, I haven't talked to anybody about this yet, but I'm guessing that probably gave some folks flashbacks because that was a beautiful slide there in the game uh, under the tag. 
just a wonderful, wonderful play that he had made to score that run. But when it comes to player comparisons, there's so much fun that you can have. I mean, the one thing that will interest me, and it's something that we've done a lot here recently with pitchers who maybe don't fit the bill, is there is a wealth of pitchers from the 2015 through 2019 era that we can just be like, oh my goodness, this guy reminds me of Astro Wojciechowski. Or shucks, this guy's like Abel de los Santos. Or, you know, I don't think anybody's going to do that. But yeah, player comparisons are great. If you got a good player comparison, send it to me at 513-549-0159 or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs or at the show's Twitter account at Locked on Reds. But yeah, and I know that I know that Pete Rose gives people some trouble. And and I've mentioned this before. We all know he's got off the field issues. I'm talking about on the field. I'm I'm not getting into all that stuff. I talk baseball here. We're talking about guys on the baseball field. What they do off the baseball field is their business. And uh yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. So looking forward to the Reds and Padres coming up this evening. A measure of revenge, hopefully, is on the menu. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow on the podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed here on this YouTube channel or you are following the podcast if you're listening to the audio version. And I already mentioned the Twitter and the Lockdown Reds line, so we're not going to do that all again. But I appreciate everyone so much for listening and watching. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.